cannabis topics in less than 10 minutes. Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Dime. I'm Brian Fields, and always I've got my right-hand man, Kellen Finney, here with me. And this week, we've got a very special guest, Ben Oyhu's Cannabis Scientist. Ben, thanks for taking the time. How are you doing today? How's it going, guys? Great to be here. So cool. Now, take us through what your role is currently in the space. Yeah, so right now, um, I'm working with a group named Benuvia. They're a really unique group here in Texas, uh, in Round Rock, Texas. One of the only groups with uh, DEA, FDA approval to produce cannabinoid-based drugs and formulations. Um, I'm also an ambassador for uh, Dutch Medical Cannabis Society and uh, doing consultancy work with a global group called Viridian. So take us through kind of what goes through you know, your normal day-to-day process. So with Benuvia, um, they're currently working on the formulation of uh, a dronabinol formulation. Um, they also engage in um, a bit of psychedelic research, um, but essentially they're uh, one of the only groups that has a, uh, a pipeline for the production of FDA, DEA approved cannabinoid-based drugs for the purpose of patients with HIV um, and also people that are coming off of chemotherapy uh, suffering from nausea um, and a host of other you know, related kind of conditions post-cancer treatment. So I'm an analytical chemist with them, and we work on the uh, API formulation and method development and validation to create one of the best possible standards for Texas and uh, hopefully the rest of the globe. Ben, in your opinion, where do you want to see the research going? Can you talk about some of the, the recent research you've seen that's really excited you the most? I honestly fell in love with the endocannabinoid system and I'm hoping that as you know, time goes on and we learn more and more about it, that we are beginning to understand where its stance is in biology and medicine. For our listeners out there who are still kind of gathering the initial footing on the endocannabinoid system, in its simplest of form, if the three of us were sharing a joint, would this be why one of us would feel, let's say, sleepy in comparison to the others being more uplifting? Yeah, you know, I think so. Personalized medicine. What sort of roadmap would you like to see in order to take necessary steps to get there. So a roadmap would have a higher level of identification for, you know, these endocannabinoids that are circulating through your body. We could have a, um, a better way of understanding what's actually being activated and upregulated. You know, right now we're using mice models and, you know, these mice are being sacrificed and, and we're able to see a differential ability for the production of endocannabinoids. You know, one of our studies or a few of our studies from Israel, from the, the Miri lab, really worked on looking at the difference in endocannabinoid levels when given, you know, strains with almost identical THC, CBD levels. And we're seeing that it's, uh, there's a tremendous difference in the um, endocannabinoids that are being produced strain to strain, even if they have the same THC, CBD. Do you think we'll get there in our lifetime to personalized medicine? Um, I think so. Uh, I think the field of personalized medicine is uh, just exploding right now. Let's dive into your research and your graduate program. I want you to expand on some of the areas from a medical standpoint that you kind of came across or the research that, that fascinated you. 
some of the biggest things that we found um, were that cannabis has such a differential ability strain to strain. Um, yeah, there's a few uh, studies um, that I'll bring up right now. And one of them was a colleague's study that they had 12 different cancer cell types. And one thing that they found is that one, not every strain has the same ability. Um, and even if they are in you know, very comparable levels of THC and CBD, um, it's not given that they're going to have the uh, tremendous ability. Another thing that we found and, you know, or another thing that was found in that study and, you know, this, there's such a difference in, you know, from uh, higher levels of complexity in organisms. So it would be interesting to see if this is something that also carries through in, um, in people, but the carboxylated forms of, uh, you know, THC and CBD, um, THCA, CBDA had a terrible ability at inducing cell death in cancer cells. So, you know, your formulation also plays a big role in, uh, you know, the way that a, you know, cannabis strain or an extract is, is going to, you know, affect a certain scenario. So uh, one more thing that I wanted to share in that same realm uh, was a study done using mice. And what we did was induce an epileptic response using a compound called PTZ. And this is a really common thing to do when you're looking at epilepsy and, and uh, therapy for seizures. But we used five different strains and looking at the response with the mice. Uh, so we used five different strains. And one thing that was seen is that uh, the survivability went up um, for all the mice, um, regardless of the strain that you use. So that, I mean, that's very positive information, I feel like. But one thing that we saw was such a difference in the latency, which is the time it takes you know, for them to have a seizure. And so there's a tremendous difference uh, ability in therapeutic potential just between these five different strains. And the kicker was that each strain had exactly the same amount of THC and CBD. Um, so THC, CBD is a terrible indicator for determining a potential therapeutic response. Ben, your opinion, do you think pharmaceutical companies will be help the cause for cannabis as a therapeutic or do you think that they're look to push against it? Honestly, I'm pretty optimistic. I believe in the cooperation between pharmaceuticals um, and cannabis. I don't have the stance that pharmaceutical you know, giants are out to destroy us. You know, that argument can definitely be made. And I don't know if we have enough time for that entire one. <laughs> but just speaking to um, doctors and physicians that um, are trying to get access to a dialect or research studies um, or even through patient access, one of the, you know, the biggest things that they've said time and time again is that um, the FDA, DEA are very cooperative, um, but they've boxed themselves in. You know, there is this in, in, uh, extreme regulatory framework um, that the FDA, DEA has you know, set up against themselves that has boxed them in. So they don't have the ability to, you know, want to just drop it for, you know, but they don't have the regulatory ability to um, engage in this activity just yet. But it does seem like they do like to cooperate, you know, within reason for um, drugs that have passed the clinical pipeline um, that have been proven to be effective. So I'm, you know, I'm very pro-pharma. And I think that, you know, there are very positive things that will come out down the line um, with it. What is one area that the everyday consumer of cannabis might not be aware of just from your understanding or research, something that you've come across that you say that most people would be surprised or be shocked by this? I mean, the field of the endocannabinoid system in general, you know, I, uh, or what we know about the endocannabinoid system in general. Um, you know, I tell people all the time that, Cannabis co-evolved with the, you know, the ECS. Cannabis led us to the endocannabinoid system in the lab. 
but in nature, the endocannabinoid system led to cannabis. Since you've been in the cannabinoid industry, what has been your biggest misconception? Biggest misconception, I guess that, you know, that THC and CBD are the only compounds, but that's not the same problem that you find with cannabis users. You know, at this point, they kind of know about, you know, CBG and CBN and things like that. But I guess that, you know, the anti-cancer properties lay, you know, exclusively in THC or THC and CBD, but even using CBG, you know, we've seen at least in cell research that it produces a tremendous effect. If you could sum up your experience in the cannabinoid space into a main takeaway or lesson learned to pass onto the next generation, what would it be? It seems that what really is essential right now is an understanding of analytical chemistry, bioinformatics, in silico, which is like computational, like ligand binding and stuff like that. Um, so I really think that like what is going to be most helpful to this field is this interdisciplinary cross-discipline expertise that is um, so helpful in the field of medicine right now. Five years from now, it's 2026. <laughs> Have we achieved a breakthrough in cannabinoid research that has changed this the space medically forever? I don't know. It's hard to say. There has been tremendous change in the last five years. Um, there's been tremendous change in the last 10 years. But uh, seriously, like what we know about the endocannabinoid system and everything that I've kind of said in regards to that uh, was discovered before 2012. So it's out there. It just needs to be brought to light, in my opinion. Have we achieved a big breakthrough by 2026? I'm going to say shit. <laughs> I'm going to say maybe. Maybe. It depends on the access. You know, Israel is doing an incredible job and it's, you know, they're one of the only countries right now that's uh, using the access they have. So Ben, for our followers who want to get in touch, they want to learn more and they want to pick your brain about this new cannabinoid, where can they reach out to you? So you can find me uh, through Viridian and uh, we spell that V-E-R-I-D-I-A-N. So you can find me at ben.viridian at gmail.com. Um, you can also just feel free to reach out to me at benoyhus91 um, at gmail.com. Thanks so much for your time, Ben. Appreciate it, guys. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Tune into a major journey podcast today, where guests take listeners on journeys and immerse themselves in the roller coaster ride both in and out of the cannabis space that brought them to where they are today. Throughout our conversations, guests share valuable lessons that they've learned along the way that listeners can use to empower growth both in their personal and professional lives. Check out A Major Journey today on all major podcast platforms.